There's no plan. Plan. Hello. Playoffs? Hello, everybody. You want to talk about the playoffs? <laughs> Welcome to Loud Dispatch. <laughs> Hey, we're not dispatched. Welcome, everybody. How's, how's it going? I'm uh, I'm one of your hosts, Cheech. I'm your other host, Mark. And uh, we have a special guest on today, Jeff, the Magic Whirl. The Magic, I like that. Magic, the Magic. The Magic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got uh, a little bit of a new setup today. You know, we're we're moving up. We're not like in somebody's garage. No. We're in a basement. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it, it's all uphill from here. <laughs> yeah. The best thing about Robert Adam is you can only go up. That's it. That's it. That's all you can do. Yeah. Next, we'll be in the dining room. Just see you guys just running past the thing. Yeah. It's all right. It's shit. Stuff flying up everywhere. Yeah. We also got this too. We have That's part of it. So that's the thing now. Yeah. We got a soundboard. So, hey, wait, we want to start this sucker off. Yeah, uh, yeah. We actually have <coughs> somewhat of a real sponsor this time. Uh, we want to yeah. talk about uh, the Buddy Bandana at thebuddybandana.com. Uh, when you make a purchase from them, uh, your purchase helps feed dogs at a shelter. So it's very worth it. Mm -hmm. uh, the point of the company is that they make dog bandanas with matching human counterparts like masks and scrunchies and hats. And so you can match your best friend which is what life is really about, isn't it? So if you use code, I think WOOF is 40% off, W-O-O-F, like, oh, Buzz, your girlfriend, WOOF. <laughs> or uh, you can use um, wash your hands, all one word, for 50% off. Wash your hands. So there we go, people. The Buddy Bandana, check them out. They do good stuff. Did you know that so that's that so they dressed up a little boy in a, in a, in a wig and makeup so that i've heard they, that yes they didn't give some little girl a complex i i'd heard that yes yeah could you imagine being the girl that, that was buzz's girlfriend that's in it, home yeah. alone that's we're talking about <laughs> her and chris columbus not the asshole slave trader yeah yeah which is interesting that you bring that up too. Like we, like when you, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> Wait, I, let's keep going. <laughs> we, we have a little bit of a new setup here, so yeah, uh, we're learning. Yeah, we're 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 learning with with everything that goes on here. Um, so <laughs> Jeff, real quick, uh, Jeff and I were in a band called The Dream Intended. Um, TDI. TDI, yeah. Uh, and Mark was in a band called uh, Drop Monday. Um, One week at a time. Yeah, like, and we have worked on like so many different like musical endeavors together in like other things. Um, but with that being said, like, we wanted to have Jeff on and we wanted to talk music because Jeff is one of those sleepers. Like, he he'll sleep on stuff and then like he finds it and like you're like, wait, what? How do you like? Like, but then he'll come up with like little gems himself out of the blue, and you're like, "What the heck? Where did you find this at?" Like, and uh, we were actually just having this conversation right before we we came in here. We were talking about the new MGK album, which if you guys haven't heard it yet, it uh, it dropped what Friday, I believe. The whole album dropped Friday. He's been dropping for a few months. For people like me who didn't know what MGK was, it's Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. Now, see, which now, is really good stuff. 
what I think is funny about it is the fact that like when you look at the three of us, right? So I I learned of Machine Gun Kelly as the Cleveland Machine Gun Kelly. And if you listen, please pause for this quick chronic break. Pause for the cause. Pause for the cause. There's been there's been many references. Ooh. At any at any rate, um, but uh, ah, damn, when you look at Machine Gun Kelly, like I I remember Machine Gun Kelly from like nine years ago, ten years ago, like dropping these like hip hop tracks and like looking way out of character, repping Cleveland, which at the point at the time, like the fuck is Cleveland, like you know? What I mean? Yeah, it's it, it, because of the eventual city, city, right? Uh, no, I mean, what's his name? Fucking rep Cleveland. Uh, Bone Thugs at Harmony? No, did that? Are they Cleveland? Yes. Dude. Oh no, no. We're talking um, actor. What's his name? Drew Carey. No, that's. I don't. I don't know. This fan loved Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> so he decided, since Bone Thugs and Harmony always talked about East 1999 Street in and Eternal, yeah, yeah, in, uh, in the, that he was he wanted to come to the United States and, and see Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> he left where he went and he went and no. just sat on East 1999 Street in Cleveland. Are <laughs> you oh, serious? I knew that was Ex- coming. Expecting, <laughs> expecting because he listened to the music that they would just be going. Just a running busy bun. Yeah, you know? Obviously. I was going to say he's still that's, sitting there that's, today. I did read in this story that somebody else What are you doing, you dumb shit? Oh my god! Wow! Oh, that's great. Like, what? You can't fix stupid. You, you, that's the point of the story. All right, let me ask you this. No, 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 let me ask you this. If you fell in love with, say, Let's say an India Indian group. In fact, I love this one group. It's Indian street metal, is what they call it. Indian uh, street metal. Yeah, Bloodywood. Okay. Really cool stuff. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's so cool, man. It's really good. But anyway, so like, I really like the band. But I know enough not to just go over there and think I'm going to sit on a street and meet them and not run into some fucking trouble. Well, you know what I mean? Like, there's some common sense there that I don't disagree with that. And further to join. No, right. This man talks about all the shit they grew up in. I'm gonna go check it out. I don't know anything about America, but I'm gonna go there. <laughs> do not apologize no, on this ever again. Yeah, that's that's all you gotta do point. is say segue. Segue. That's you don't even have to say segue. That's the whole point of this podcast. What I was getting at before though is just the fact that like I know of MGK from like the nine years ago. You know the MGK of like what was it? What did you say you heard who, the I, first? I first became aware of the that's right. Okay. 
Right. The most recent rap battle between him and Eminem. Right. I'm not even sure that I've ever listened to White Devil. I've never listened to Eminem's um, full set. But I'm not mm-hmm. sure that I ever listened to White Devil all the way through. Uh-huh. Um, I, always, I was aware that MGK was the one who had the balls to do a diss track against Eminem. And right. He was the one to get fucking destroyed by Eminem. No, yeah. you know what? Fuck Eminem. Because maybe it'll get us a whole bunch of publicity. Because he'll start talking shit on Loud Dispatch. No, he won't. Because he, he really doesn't give a shot. Who am I? Yeah. No. All right. We love you. Man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was just trying to get to public. Just, I was going to use your luck. name. Sorry about it. No. No. Yep. <laughs> so, that's how, that's how, and that's how I became a little. You know how I knew about him? Yeah. As far as picking up stage names, that's Yeah. Because he played in the dirt. He was uh, Tommy Lee. Yeah, that's all I know. He about. did. That, that that is also correct as well. But okay, so so with that being said, right now we have seen like the different areas of like where, and this I think is where musicians get pigeon-toed, right? Like, pigeon-holed. Pigeon-holed. Yeah, pigeon-toed. No, pigeon-toed is when you walk like this right you're you're or duck footed even you right. know well that's the same idea but pigeonholed is where you get put into a it's the same thing no it's <laughs> it's not the same it's not even close if the feet are pointing together you're going you're going to be at the same place you can walk like this regardless what i'm saying is, what i'm saying is is that he, machine gun <laughs> kelly to me was a rapper turned actor turned, you're right but like you know you can't be like if you're in the industry, you're expected to do everything in the industry, right? Like if you're an actor, you're expected to be able to do sing and dance acting. and oh, like yeah. everything else. Okay. But like, what if you only have one good quality? And like, you can definitely make it work to your advantage. And I'll, I'll bring this up because we were talking about the MGK album. And the first thing that I said was, was when I listened to this like punk rock album that he has, I was like, this sounds like Blink-182, like meets like with just like machine gun kelly lyrics on it like every songwriter has this certain quality about them this style about them that makes them their own a trademark sound right with that being said you have artists that can work with anybody as well too and i'm gonna bring up a couple people that like personally i think are just amazing like musicians and like all around creative beings right like so cracker that was definitely not where i was going whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) see you need to listen to a song no stranger to shame that is that is by far like my theme song (laughs) yes so if i had to have an artist write an album like my soundtrack yeah it would be uncle cracker because he can do really he could do rock rap gospel metal funk blues you just he does them all in his album so and i i really like him as a lyricist he's his song no stranger to shame very clearly describes my life this might be our last podcast i don't know i don't think so <laughs> listen Real she's dog, like though, really right? crappy fucking horror movies so all right or even. all right all right i'll give you that i'll give you that shitty Speaking of movies, movies i'm gonna mention one later not during because I, I will keep this going but i got one to talk about later how what do you how do you guys feel about calling and this is a total segue but like um segue yeah uh oh shit now i couldn't even think of the name of the band um but the term master metal right like what bands would you classify under master metal 
negative. Well, what do you? I, this is the first time I've heard that term. Uh, yeah. Right, right, right. So right off the top of my head, with with sorry, right off the top of my head, without a description, mm -hmm. I'm going to say people like Megadeth, uh, Slayer, um, the Big Four, the so, Big Four, Anthrax, and um, yeah. and Metallica. Well, you know, what about Coheed and Cambria? Uh, I wouldn't put them at I master would, level. I would put them. I would definitely put Coheed and Cambria. I would think that they would be the spokesperson for Master Metal. So, are you, so Master Metal is more like Are you talking math I'm, rock? Yeah. I'm talking. I, I'm talking. <laughs> when I say when I say Master Metal, I mean master of the craft. In, in, okay. in other words, being able to deliver not only a story but being having hooks to orchestrating it, the music like, correctly orchestrating the music correctly and still being heavy as shit with without having to like scream but being able to scream as well and using it i say masterful orchestration is what makes master metal it when you did when you said that that was my first thought is people who have mastered the craft right megadeth and you know i will tell you right now i think megadeth would have been commercially a lot more popular than Metallica had somebody other than Dave Mustaine sung. Now I love Dave Mustaine singing and that is the sound of Megadeth now, mm -hmm. but had somebody with a more commercial voice sang for Megadeth, I think musically they were 10 times the band. No, you're right, but it is, yeah. That's what I just spelled right there. <laughs> so irritating. But yeah, I, I feel like they could have been better. They're, they were more their music was a lot more in the math rock, uh, very technical, very well orchestrated. So yeah, I'm an old, I grew up on Megadeth Metallica. Old metal is my thing. That's very interesting. So yeah, you mentioned you have to go into memory and kind of recently, right? You went to see Taking Back Sunday and Cambria. I was going, I was super excited to see Taking Back Sunday. I'd never seen them before. I'd seen Coheed before. Some with A7X, who I, who I would also put on this list of master metal. Interesting. Um, just because, just because of the, I don't even listen to that shit. You know, but just, but I, but I recognize what they did, what they do, right? And they're right. good at it, so and I'm you appreciate credit, it. credit where yeah. it's Right. But I saw both of those bands, and both of them blew me away a lot. This was you know, many years ago. But um, I will, the point of the story is, I was excited to go see Taking Back Sunday, and I was like, okay, well, Coheed is a nice, like bonus mm -hmm. playing together and i wasn't sure who was going to play first um taking back sunday came on first and I, and I was a little surprised because to me at that time of what i was listening to taking back sunday had a much larger catalog of singles and stuff so i expected right. them to play last but they didn't and they came on and they were fine they weren't great they were good their singer kind of i felt like he was kind of phoning it in on like some of the some of the uh hooks Okay. He, was half, he would sing the first part of the night and just kind of be like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> but, I mean, they were good. Right? And then, right. then Coheed and Cambria came on, and about five seconds into their first song, I thought to myself, oh, yeah, this is why they're playing last. And yeah. Fucking, <laughs> so, so, so I do. Really no, go ahead, go ahead. So, towards the end of the song, and this was the, this was the most recent Coheed song that I fell in love with. Towards the end of their set, he stopped, um, Claudio stopped. And he had been talking about a lot of this uh, particular day about how Mars was in the sky. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and he said, I, I, in our set right here, I always play um, Wake Up, which is a slow acoustic song. Mm -hmm. 
He said, I, I can play that now, or I can play from here to Mars right now. Here to Mars. <laughs> here <to> Mars. <laughs> right. And I, I didn't know that song. Right? So when he when he uh, did like the crowd thing, I'm screaming for a wake up, like, yeah, when I fucking hear that song. Right. No, I don't know this other right. song. What is this other song? But that but everybody screamed for him for here to Mars. Mm-hmm. I was pissed for about five seconds until we started playing. Until you heard the song. Right. And, and when I heard the chorus of that song, which if you don't know it is, it's in the stars. You're my everything from here to Mars. I was like, oh my God, that's the uh, How is it really? hasn't anybody written that fucking song before? It's right there, stars, Mars. Like what happened, but it's fucking beautiful. Like, and the song itself is one of my favorite songs of all time now. Um, we need padding. I listen yeah. to it okay. constantly. It's, it's, on one of, it's on my randos playlist of just random songs that I want to listen to, but like, they won't really fit in another playlist of mine. Yeah. I just put it on there. Oh, yeah. I just have one downloaded. <laughs> so everything I want to listen to all the time. <laughs> that's the problem. I add stuff to it. <clears throat> so my thing with Coheed and so how old is that band? I, that, I mean, I like them, but no, well, that's what, like, so part of Master Metal, to me, you have to have, I'd say, 20 years experience to be considered a master of that craft. Maybe 15, but I think, what, the Hall of Fame is 20 years? Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So they are. They are. I'd say it's probably 2002-2005. So they're close. Yeah. Second stage came out. Yeah. Um, they're close. That wasn't. That wasn't my introduction. That's my introduction to the second album. Get a Paul Rowan band. Okay. So, All right. So I. Uh, they're like in there then. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. all. I'm just curious because to me, I think age has to factor into master metal. So I'm just looking like briefly like. Google search. I mean, we're talking like back to 1999 right. when they released Plan to Take Over the World. Uh, what are we going to do today, Brain? Yeah, and they've been releasing albums like pretty much every year since, like, um, like with here and there. Yeah. Uh, but they are just an incredible band. I mean, and there's a lot of them out there too. There's, I'm not just talking about like, I don't want people to think that like, I'm just bringing up master metal to bring up master metal. No, there's a, there's a whole point to this subject. And it's, you know, when you look at like the certain styles of music and you see these creative <coughs> types, certain people have different styles where you can just hear it. You, can, mm-hmm. you know that like- If I hear a ZZ Top guitar play, it doesn't matter whose song it is. I know that's Billy Gibbons playing guitar. Like, there's a, a unique sound to Billy Gibbons' guitars and his playing. You just know it, right? Absolutely. You know, um, I agree with you that that people have a sound, and then there are people that are over and above needing to have a sound. I I agree. I think that there are some people like, and I'm gonna go ahead and throw this name out there, and I know both of you guys are gonna like Weird Al Yankovic. Fucking right. He can play anything. This dude can literally do anything. If you, yeah, absolutely. My like, dad met him at a Starbucks once. Are you serious? Yeah, that's serious. That's awesome. Well, that I, is awesome. I hear a really good. Oh, yeah, he's a great guy. Great I can't guy. imagine him not being. Yeah, I mean, you can't be that goofy and be an asshole. Did you guys know that he like wrote? He was pretty much like the writer of like the United, the president for the United States of America. I did know that. Yeah. Like, when you hear it, love. Right. Yeah, like love, like peaches. the original parody king, but he wrote for so many artists. And when you look at like people like that, right, like mm-hmm. or like Butch Walker, who we were talking about earlier, like Butch, Butch is one of those guys where, and I remember 
this is so funny to me because I, I'm all three of us are huge Butch fans, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. So I distinctly remember watching the VMAs when Taylor Swift's Shake It Off was like a big thing, right? And she performed Shake It Off at the VMAs. And on stage, Butch Walker is playing guitar because he wrote the fucking song. Right? Right? Wrote and produced it. So he's on stage playing guitar for Taylor Swift. And everybody on social media is like, who is this tattooed guy playing guitar for Taylor Swift? And it was like, only the greatest front man ever. Are you? Are you? Meanwhile, <laughs> I, right? I'm over here like fucking like. Oh, but it's it's Bush, 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 Bush. Bush. Like, Oh yeah. Right. 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 Oh my god. <laughs> Pretty much everybody, but I know the life mm-hmm. Two, like, that group of people. Yes. Brando. Brando is my connection to Butch. Right. And then he mm-hmm. goes back and forth with that, but I think, I'm sure it's like for him across the world. Right? Somebody who either liked Marvelous Three or somebody who heard Mixtape or Sober and then was like, I need to hear more, and then grabbed all of their friends yeah. who were like minded and musical people yeah. and said, You need to hear this. And then all of a sudden he was. Which he has yeah. little pockets of fans. I mean, yeah. you know, Which yelled at me for texting I at a show. I yeah, that. you guys yeah. are both there. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I wish I had my camera like on and facing yeah. up though. I'd have snapped that. He looked what's, right over my phone and click. <laughs> what's what's crazy is is Butch Walker, I like I I've seen him live so many times. And I remember seeing him at uh, stage <laughs> AE. But it wasn't on the main stage, it was on the rear stage. And at that show, I think you guys were both there, actually. It was on the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ran down the entire bar, right? Ran up to the balcony, did a shot with somebody, and somehow managed to get back down to the stage, all while playing in the middle of a song. He was just riffing the whole time, like... Yeah, that's when he yelled at me. He came walking right. down the long end of the bar, and I was at the corner texting somebody, and he stopped. And I'm like, huh. he's I, don't, the, I don't hear him talking to anybody. I looked up, but he was right there. <laughs> he, he's in the middle of a song. Yes, yeah. In the middle of a song, he's just riffing with the band. And he's walking down the bar. And Mark is sitting at the corner of the bar. That's what I'm talking about. Like, like he was able, like, the, some people just ooze, like, artistry. And, like, you just, you can't mm-hmm. stop it. You know what I mean? Like, you, you also can't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Butch has been doing it like ever has gone along with you, like literally since he was 14, he's been touring shows every fucking year. Yeah. Right. And then right. him and his band moved to LA and they, they played the Sunset Strip and they were playing covers at this bar and they would sneak in uh, originals whenever the owner wasn't listening to the background tour a lot of Yeah. Right. And then they, they did their thing and then they stopped and they needed more of a three. And then Marvelous Three had to break up because the, the label wasn't going to promote them anymore, and they couldn't keep ma- making music under the Marvelous Three name because the label owned that. Right. So Correct. Then, so then he went and did uh, solo shit, and then he's been writing with other people, uh, and which and this is in no way downplaying his talent because the talent is fucking there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. incredible. The musicianship is there, and the ability to write the songs and write the songs. There's, there's no ten thousand, twenty thousand an hour. Can't replace that. 
but mm -hmm. when you when you take that talent and then you add the time and just the experience, that's how you get somebody that can yeah. that can walk down a bar, play the guitar, see master guitar, their craft, yeah. just talk some shit and then go back and master their craft. That's right. why I'm talking right. the 20 year right. thing because that, that's the 10,000 hours, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that makes sense in all honesty. You, you look at artists, all right, so I'm gonna throw somebody else out there. How about Dave Grohl? Oh man. Like, like I, I was thinking the other day, like I would love to see Dave Grohl and Butch Walker collaborate on a song. Oh yeah. I had that was my first I swear to God dude that was my first thought was like these two are gonna love each other but as soon as they sit down in the studio they're gonna fucking hate each other like yeah <laughs> right <laughs> yeah right 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 created grunge <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Did you see the smells like teen spirit uh, uh video? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was that guy. No, no. <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. Do you know how that happened? No, no, there's more to that story. So while true. while they were recording the last album, mm -hmm. um Lay on them. And uh Preach. Bane was not showing up mm -hmm. ever. So while he's Correct. in the studio sitting, he's like, We're paying for time. Why don't I just throw down some other songs, some tracks? And they put the whole album down. Before Kurt even killed himself. Yeah. And then they just did yeah. it because yep. because they had nothing better to do with the time. Right. And, and then the all time of a sudden, was already Foo Fighters come out. One of the right. He just picked Yeah. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Right. That it is. And I want to start a band called uh, Erectile Death. Ed. <laughs> what 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 style of music is Ad? Just out of curiosity. Ed. What. AD. Oh. What, what style of music is that? What's AD? Erectile. E e e e e yeah, like penis. Yeah. Okay. So it's so metal. It's obviously the most brutal metal. It's erectile death. I'm going to boner you to death. That's <laughs> <laughs> gospel. Like <laughs> You'll hear it at your next church service. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's the most brutal metal. So, so here's this guy who's... <laughs> The drummer from the band, straight up. The nineties. Yeah, Nirvana was the nineties. No, he hated it. No, he didn't like the way it was produced. made it sound big and commercial, which is not what Kurt Cobain wanted. He wanted an album like In Utero, which was still great, but, but definitely very different than that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But, so then Dave Grohl, he dies, puts off Food Fighters, and then for the next what, 20 years, mm -hmm. easily 20 years, mm -hmm. he just puts out album after album after album. Yep. With, with at hit least after hit. one or two songs on it that are like, yeah. that any other band would be to give their left nut to write to write and record once. Yes. 
Oh, I don't even have that song. <laughs> he falls, breaks his leg, goes to the hospital, comes back, sits on a throne, and finishes the show. Yeah, straight up. Like, this dude, right. like, in all honesty, like, that is a quintessential, like, musician. Like, that yeah. is, like, you think about, like, a rock star. Like, Dave Grohl is the type of dude that, like, lived the rock star life, but actually made it through to the end. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Dave Grohl is, like, still up and kicking and producing music, and so is Butch Walker. And, like, these guys have been around that 20 years already yeah. and like are still producing hits after hits after hits. <laughs> so there's levels of bands, right? There's so there's bands like the Rolling Stones who have lasted decades <coughs> and they've done it with their own sound, with sticking to what they know. But then there's bands like Aerosmith who have lasted all the same amount of time, but they did it by fitting into the decades and the genres and, and making music that molds. You too is another one. They've been able to mold their way through the decades, yeah. writing songs, you know, yeah. um, group fighters are another one, I think, no. but, but well, but they stick more to their sound. They're more in the rolling. They have sounds. their own style. They have a sound, but they're able to, they do blend better than some other bands, I think into the decades. Mm -hmm. Like you could look at their works of art and you could pinpoint early, middle and, Whereas with the Rolling that. Stones, people like our generation look at the Rolling Stones, they're not going to necessarily know early, middle, and minus, say, recording quality. Mm, you know, um, I big differ on that. One. Okay, and the fair only enough. Reason, the only reason I don't like I them that, anymore, but fair enough. The only reason I say that is because if you listen to artists such as like Anderson Pock, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Anderson Pock has like really tried to like stay true to himself, for, stay true to like roots, and like records however you want. It's the same in like film, right? Like <coughs> you don't need an expensive camera to have a pretty picture. No, no. It's what you're actually putting into it. So you have artists like, like, Lil John, right? Remember him, who like basically created like Auto Tune, right? And used it to his knowledge. But meanwhile, the whole time Kanye West has been over here using Auto Tune to make it, uh, entire beats. Like, literally, he would sit there and talk into a microphone and then play with it with synthesizers and turn them into beats. And that's how 90% of his albums are produced based off of him making his voice an actual beat. Now, with that being said, when you think about musicians that can make different levels of music, and we're going to circle back to the MGK thing, right? MGK releasing a punk album was just the logical next step for him, right? He's already run the gauntlet of rap, realized that it wasn't getting him anywhere, started doing some acting, started doing, and then this, and the first thing I said was, this sounds like Blink-182 with MGK talking on it. <clears throat> and what did you say? During the times that I did after listening to this album and being enamored with it and wanting to know like how this came about, because I felt the same way you did. Like it's mm -hmm. definitely a very Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. Say. I mean, I, I knew ahead of time that Travis Barker was playing drums. Um, See, I, I, I didn't. Yeah. But and he produced it. But I um, did a little reading. He, I guess they they collaborated on the previous album. It, it did really well for them. So they collaborated together. That's how my bloody Valentine came from. Obviously, he loved that. So then he went and asked Travis. He said, "Hey, give me another two months for us to collaborate during this quarantine." And they got together and they put this album out. And they worked with Youngblood and a few other people. Um, some of the tracks that that came out 
that were recorded during these sessions haven't been released yet. He's, he decided to save them for future releases. So maybe they're maybe they're less punk than, than this one was. Mm -hmm. But he, um, the inspiration for this album was because he, MGK, grew up listening to rock music, you know, alongside rap music. Mm -hmm. Right? Listen, he, you know, loves Nirvana. I, I love listening to hearing like the young kids talk about how they love. Nirvana, right, like it, right, right. It, it must be right. how it's, it must be how adults felt when I was about young like, kids. I imagine when it, I remember adults stopping me when I were I was in high school wearing a Jim Morrison T-shirt mm -hmm. or like a Jimmy Hendrix T-shirt and saying, you know, like you know, good for you, yeah, <laughs> good music. Kid. I mean, that's me, right? So, you know, what's the part? Say it, but that's basically where we are too. I remember, yeah, I remember. absolutely. Yeah, you see a kid with a Metallica shirt, you're like, all right. Well, and, and, <laughs> yeah, I was watching like um, behind the scenes things on October. Yeah. October. yeah. I don't, yeah, the, I don't. The kid that played, sure. played, played, played Hawk was talking about how he was like, yeah, like, like, 20 years old. That's unbelievable. But it, you know, it's the same show. <laughs> yeah. So he, he when MGK wanted to make this album, uh, he grew up listening to rock music, he wanted to make music to inspire kids to pick up the guitar and learn how to play guitar mm -hmm. and I think that's fucking dope. Right. And some of those songs, some of these songs are absolutely unbelievable. You could definitely tell that, that they're MGK songs based on what I've heard. Right. Lyrically um, wise. Lyrically and things he's talking about, but still very relatable and very uh, you know reachable for a, for any kind of audience. Mm -hmm. There's you know there's angst and then there's a vulnerability and all the all the things that make good art good art. Yeah, um, absolutely. Fucking bangers. And I never in a million years would I have guessed, I mean, oh, I guess 2020, right? Go for no, it. yeah, right, right. right. Would I have, would Murder I, Horns. But, that I, would I have guessed that one of the best albums that I've heard in a long time would be written by the guy whom I first became <laughs> aware of by getting fucking trashed by Eminem yeah. in a rap album. I've even I've seen comment mm -hmm. sections say that. And trashed him so bad that he had to stop making rap music and go back. <laughs> oh, so harsh, but hey, so accurate. Important question here, gentlemen. Okay. Are we going to keep going on this for a while or are we wrapping this up soon? Because I'm out of beer. Well, and I might have to send Jeff on a beer run. Well, we're only at half an hour. Mark. I know. We can, we can pause it and come back if you want. Ooh. Do we want to pause it? Who thinks we could do it properly? If we do it, we're coming back with some entrance music. Uh, so is that what we're doing? Are we going to pause? Uh, yeah, and then we're going to talk about a movie I saw that was really cool. All right, we're pausing. Really cool. We're pausing. Back in five. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> welcome back. Like we're qualified to do any of this. Well, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. What's funny is, is we can actually play this music. This is the new Godsmack song. <laughs> no, this is good shit. You could have said a lot of bands that I would have been insulted by. Godsmack is a good band, no, actually. I like them. No, I like them a lot. You could blow me. At least I didn't say Nickelback. That's true. You could have. Yeah, said I mean, I could have tried to insult you, I, but I, I didn't. See, I don't see a whole lot of difference. I like Godsmack. Mm. I mean, they had some shit songs. The, I, stay, I stand alone. Their first single, I was okay with, but then when Voodoo came out, I was like, I'm fucking done with this band. <laughs> No, see, Voodoo was okay too. I didn't mind Voodoo. Yeah, I was right, the pickle mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I think, the, big, the biggest problem. The pickle snake mouth. bit my ass. This, this is actually uh, mine and Jeff's band here that we're playing. That's why I said we were allowed to play this. This is the dream intended for those of you who know. We were, we were I mean, Pittsburgh based. Um, Huge in Japan. 
Yeah, you were huge. Oh my god, I had the best riff, and I'm not going to use it. <laughs> it's okay. I was going to be it's like, okay. Jeff, mm. who's that girl singing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding though. No, it's cool. I'm it's, kidding. It's, it's true. You do have a it's beautiful true. voice. I have. I have a very. It is a little, it's, it's on the higher range. Is all. It's, That's all. I'm just making fun of you. That was a, that was funny though, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm like, is that chick thing? No, it wasn't. Yeah. See, I secretly told you she couldn't hear me. Uh, you guys, I, I just, I figured we'd come back from the break with some music. Man. Yeah, but before we go on to anything else, because I'm gonna, I want to mention a movie I watched, yeah. and it's probably not going to go anywhere beyond that. But um, Netflix, there's a movie out right now, and it's called The Outpost. Okay. It is by far the most intense war movie I've ever seen in my life. You've seen things on it? I posted on it just recently, so it might have been me. But uh, yeah, so it's like, uh, it's all about an outpost in Afghanistan that was built in a valley with mountains surrounding it. And it was built by the Russians, but you know, that was a while ago, the Americans took it. It is the most indefensible spot in the entire country. And we had a base there and these guys were literally getting shot at every day and a little, you know, they were testing them out and, and lots of people died there. And then all of a sudden, uh, the Taliban attacked them. And, uh, you know, it takes two hours to get air support and everything. And, and just to, to watch this movie, and it's a true story, based on a true story. And, you know, they're the most decorated uh, squadron ever, I think, in the Army. And the first time in over 50 years that two people from the same squadron, same battle, received the uh, Medal of Honor. I mean, you're talking like, yes, yeah. when you see this movie, I was on the edge of my seat, hands were palm sweaty, mom's spaghetti on my sweater already, you know, like I was, I was like, wow, it is just so intense and it's gory. I will let people know that and it's vulgar and stuff. It is the military base, but it, has to be. it was so realistic to me. And um, I'll tell you what, I want to thank those dudes. For putting up with what they holy crap so yeah the outpost on netflix check it out guys let me know what you think in all honesty you know and i haven't seen the movie but we're just going to go from like a film aspect right mm -hmm. trying to do a period piece is so fucking difficult and even mm -hmm. like okay so let's segue back to where we were at before the break right trying to do a period piece and trying to do something like recording on analog right like we were just taking we just like trying a, to to date your music like move it well like I, 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 what i'm saying is that like when you look at music like what we were just talking about before like the sampling aspect of like the music industry right like how anybody can literally like sample themselves and just keep looping it and make a song and like this is like but the times have to change and everything has to change. So music obviously has to change as well. You look at like, my daughter was watching this B2K or something like that. It's like a, a Southern or Northern Korean, like pop band. Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. yeah. South, yeah, they're definitely South Korean. Yeah, so <laughs> if they're North Korean, yeah. they're never getting out. Yeah, yeah, dude, they're like oh, the Backstreet Boys. So there's there's seven of them, but there's actually fourteen of them that they rotate in and out, right? And like it's just Smart. it's just a commercialized band. But the fact that they like Smart. they actually were able to like perform songs in English when most of their songs are in Korean, it's like 
Here's a trick. How do you get something that rhymes in Korean to rhyme in American that's, too? <laughs> like, that's wow. Anyway. Oh. I do like stock talks. Sky, skyrocket. They're taking this company public and like, their initial offering is going to be huge. Yeah, because fans, because mm -hmm. fans are so rabid, ravenous. Yes. They're, they're gonna, everyone's going to yes. expect them to buy one or two shares just to say that they I own a piece of B2K. No, you don't. So he, here's here's an interesting point, right? When Wait. we, when we, well, Wait. When, no, God. when we talk about music in general, like you talk about selling the brand. And when you're in the music industry, like that's essentially what you're doing is you're selling a brand. So, like, just circle back when we started this like you know talking about this and we talked about like the bands that we were in it wasn't just putting out music to put out music it was putting out music to put out a brand and that's essentially what bands are doing how you said they're getting ready to go public that's what is we do exactly the, the point bts is that what you were saying b2k bts okay okay yeah, I, it's b2k i have no bts that's what i mean i think, I think b2k was like Oh, it was a black group back in the like early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. There was a lot of making the bands. Like, I. Dylon, Dylon. Segway. Segway. Uh, uh, we're not even naming that. Like, I actually pay for like the MPV app and like it has like all the international world. Like, you know what? Give me your login and I'll give you my login for something. And no. <laughs> I'm trying to get as it's many okay. things as I can. Yeah, it's cool. I yeah. pay for them. Yeah, uh, okay, I got, I got everything See, else. This is the <laughs> new commodity. Else. This is the new commodity. It is. It's trading your login. It is your login it's for true. streaming networks. Wow. Now, now I want you to think about this. Holy like, shit. Okay, so back in the day when we were growing up, right? Like, if you actually got like a mixtape from somebody, like, <laughs> you knew that that was like. One essential, right? Like, yeah, and I can only imagine like the people that have my like, login, control. baby, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> like, this is like a this set. is my Amazon login, it means I love you. Let's get married. I mean, it means something, is what I'm saying. Is like, it's <laughs> actually like a commodity, like, you're logging to a website, is a commodity. So, can I tell you guys a quick story, totally off? Subject. Absolutely. Uh, so at work, I've been, been saying on I know, I'm sorry, guys. So uh, it works. I'm a, I'm a purchasing agent on my day job. I spend a lot of money for a company. Um, and I did awesome. a lot of my purchasing on Amazon through my own personal account, which is funny because my personal checking account is the um, primary card on there. So I can't tell you how many times I've spent my own money, like come like the end of the month when your mortgage is due. And I have like $600 in my own company's purchases. So anyways, I've, I, you know, mm -hmm. I finally got my company to get their own Amazon account and pay for a prime and all that, you oh, know, because I do so beautiful. much purchasing through there. And it's like, oh my God, like, wow. I just, I, I told my boss, I was like, I can't keep doing this. My wife is going to divorce me and kill me. Like I have to, you know, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah. That's a, well, I don't know why we didn't do that before. And, oh, well, and when you think Sorry. about it, like we're in this pandemic and like everybody just thinks automatically like, or online. Or online. <laughs> I mean, yep. for, for literally anything, like we've said before, like I'm a, I'm in the service industry and like, you know, you, you order online and uh -huh. you go and pick it up and there's curbside service. Like you don't just walk into like a restaurant anymore and go, Ooh, we're going to get a batter. 
it doesn't happen anymore. Like this is the new norm and you just kind of have to get used to it and adapt to it. Do you, you know think I mean? we're always going to wear face masks the rest of our lives? What do you think, Jeff? I, I don't think so. I think to some extent, I think that it has been such a polarizing issue that's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, I'm not getting, I'm not trying to get no, political no, here. No, but, yeah. But I would like to, just in the sense of, you guys probably know this, but in Asian countries, it is much more normalized to wear yes. a mask than Hollywood has been. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. In Asian countries, when one gets sick, mm-hmm. it is very normal for that person to start wearing a mask. Not for, it's only to, so that they don't spread what they have to yeah. other people. So it, it, it's it is, a common politeness to the people. Right. Here's my take on it, though. I so if we did that. I'm the kind of person that I firmly believe in. I'm a herd immunity guy. I do believe in um, uh, vaccinations, you know, not an anti-vaxxer. Definitely. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you got to be re- stupid to not vax your kid, but whatever. If you don't, yeah, you don't. That's, that's you. That's wow. I disagree wow. with it. Wow. Yeah. 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 And, um, and I'm a very big believer. In case you had fucking round as hell. So, but I believe that like, I'm the kind of person that, I clean my hands after going to the bathroom and stuff, but I'm not super sanitary. If something falls on the floor, I'll pick it up and eat it. And uh, I'll let my rule, and I'll let my kids do that. I let my little two-year-old, like he'll drop something on the floor, pick it up. As long as it's not visibly like covered in a lot of dog hair or something, then he can eat it. And I'm a firm believer that building your immune system takes uh, putting yourself in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And you've got, you know, mm-hmm. so, well, so yeah, I, I'm not against the masks. I do agree with that. I don't think uh, just because I feel like I can handle stuff, I shouldn't be, I might be immune to something that I'm carrying that I could spread to somebody who is in danger, not just not immune to it, but in danger or to it. So have, like, yeah, autoimmune. Yeah, exactly. But my, my belief is that we, at some point you do need to keep in, you know, when, when you're overly sanitary, your body never gets to build up a natural defense, and that's what it's meant to do. I would have to admit that even overweight, I'm healthier than most people that I know. With that being said, right? Like, I'll put it to you this way. Think about it like this. You're wearing a mask, right? The, the wearing a mask can all be summed up in, like, a, a simple, like, paragraph, right? Don't let's, say, let's say, let's <laughs> say I have to pee, right? And Mark and Jeff are standing right next to me. While he pees. I don't have any pants on. <laughs> Neither do Mark or Jeff. Nope. I pee, <laughs> they get wet, right? If Jeff and Mark both have pants on, right? And I pee, chances are they'll probably get wet, but they won't get as wet, back. right? A little splashback, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, say all three of us have pants on and I pee, I'm the only one getting wet. Boom. You heard it here first. Don't so, piss your pants. As long as like, and with that being said, it's like, no, if yeah. you can handle it, like I wear a mask all day long at work. And I have and no idea how you do it. Like, it's not that hard. Like it's, it's not that hard. No, I, it's not. I, I agree that once you get used to it, you get, um, yeah. what's the term? Uh, Adjusted. Actually. No, no. Um, desensitized to it. Your body sure. doesn't notice it as much, but I, I think. Exactly. Right. But my initial, I hate socks though. My initial question was more along the lines of has disease, uh, has, has the world's, um, 
idea of protection against transmitting disease change due to this? Or is it going to be a lot more common? Yeah, like I, I have to agree with Jeff. I think it's too soon to tell. But if you had to make a call right now, do you think that more people are going to continue wearing masks forever? That it will become like more of a fashion thing and, and more ingrained in our lives? Or do you feel like this will fade off? In all and honesty, we will go back to because I don't like to wear one, but I will for other people's safety. In all honesty, dude, I, I really have no idea. I don't think I, I don't think I believe does. that it's going to be more normal to wear one. I think it is. I think it will be situations like airplanes. Mm-hmm. Flying in a plane and stuff. Yes. Or cruise ships or maybe even like concerts. Yeah. yeah. Things like where there's people mm-hmm. like where, where sardine cans. Huge crowds, yes. Right. Like Mass transit and, and, and stuff. And I don't think it'll be like a general like a You can't go to a restaurant and not wear a mask and the right. drink and eat roll and stuff. I, yeah. I, I think it'll definitely be more complex. More along one note. I agree. I like that. I like that a lot. Yes. Even now, even before the pandemic, there were things that I don't know if the decision was in some ways of Asian descent wearing a mask. And now I understand why they're doing it. I never understood why. You know, the only person I've seen wearing a mask was Michael Jackson. He was a fucking weirdo. Right. <laughs> no, you're not, you're not wrong. No, no yeah. But he wore it so that other people didn't catch the pedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I went there. Ouch. Because it wasn't Ouch. political and it wasn't religious. Ouch. It was it was loud. It was loud. And Yo, that's why I went you there. Just, you just hit on MJ. Uh, yeah, you know what? MJ. He made great music, but he was still a fucked up person. Stop just talented, just talented man. And a horrible he was raised horribly and everything. Yeah. I'm not saying that he wasn't uh, abused himself, but yeah. Was okay, so just, anyway, so uh, <laughs> uh, how do you like our new setup? <laughs> the table's lower. You can't see my well, knees anymore. I'm gonna go I'm ahead. I'm pants. gonna go ahead and segue here as well. Um, so we broke into this from the break with the Dream Intended. This is also like a hip hop track, but it was mm. a song. Mm. So just to try to mm. like backtrack on the mm. music, right? Mm. So I have like a small hip hop project with a guy named Holtz who you may or may not meet. I know Holtz. This this song in particular was, if you recognize the beat, you'll know exactly what song this is. As soon as the hook comes in, like, and like what I thought was funny was was when we were recording this, I was thinking to myself like this was one of the Brandos, right? And I remember thinking, like, somebody's going to sue me because I don't have the rights to this song. But, like, says Holtz's verse, right? But wait until the hook comes in, and you'll understand what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, you remember this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Okay. I like that a lot. That was good. That's a that's that's a riff. That's that's one there, right? Unamas, Unamas. This one. Now take a listen to this one. This is literally 
a song that I was like, I literally was thinking in my head, like, yo, what if we just slowed this down a little bit? And I remember being at the band house and talking to you, actually, and being like, what do you think about this? Like, for a brand new track, maybe. No, and really? See, this is what I'm saying. This I like, is like, I, like the brand I mean, it's a universal track, like, you know what I mean? But like, when it comes down to making music, like, you can cross genres. This is a prime example, right? Now you know what song this is, right? Maybe. Me? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. You know what song? Yeah, hang on though. Yeah. Wait until the hook. Like Blues Travelers. Yeah. You feel it? Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So that's just, a, yeah. but what I'm getting at is that like, so circling back all the way to MGK, I knew him as a rapper based out of Cleveland and repping Cleveland. And to see him drop a punk rock album is like unbelievable. However, with that being said, when we started this break, we started playing the dream intended. That was like the the dream intent that was the band that jeff and i met mark in and like that's how like this whole friendship started like yeah when this whole episode we've been talking about artists and musicians and bands that we all really enjoy and what you got to understand is that it's not because we enjoy them just to enjoy them we enjoy them because they are amazing artists yeah they can create with other artists and bring up this what are you trying to do bro trying to find some drop monday oh bro just go back again we're gonna do some drop monday too we gotta rep yeah. represent yeah what the fuck all right now i'm finding some drop monday give me a second here did we pause the thing with we took our break yeah Oh, I, I didn't. No. I did. Hey, drop one bizzle. Because I'm nice like that. Here's here's Mark's band, by the way. This was yeah, this was the band I joined and I met Cheech while I was in. And I did not want to join this band until I heard Brando sing, and then I was like, well, fuck. Brando has been on this show as well. Yep. Why is it all fucky? Sorry, man. It'll it'll even <laughs> out. It'll even out. That's how I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my fault. That's why. Jeff, well played. <laughs> you guys had a check singer. <laughs> when did you meet me? We went to CCA. Sean. Us, we went to CCAC together. And then you the girls sat next to you and you got fucking screamed out by the professor. And then he turned around and looked at her. Before you, and you were sitting next to her. And I was like, man, I hope he's not fucking yelling at him. <laughs> I don't remember that. What, were we in a math class? <laughs> no, it was history. Anyway. I was there for like two, two. Yeah, you were there. No, <laughs> <laughs> I went to like two classes. Oh yeah. You knew Sean Steele though, right? I shouldn't say names, but yeah, let's not say names. My my 
My, my, no, it sounds like a porn star name, though, doesn't it? My point being is that we actually, we all wound up coming together at this place called WPMG, Western Pennsylvania Musicians Group, which was a place. Ralph. Yeah, Ralph's. It was a place where we could all get together and Ooh. just, yeah. He's yeah. still alive. He, I have no he, idea how. He just had, like, a live video. Yeah. How? I don't, I don't know. This Okay, so I want to give a big shout out, big shout out to Ralph Moffat because this man created all, to Ralph. All, all, all of the songs that you're hearing today were cultivated at Ralph Moffat's place. They were. And the reason why Straight I'm bringing up. this up is because we're talking about artists and we're talking about how they create, right? And you have all these different bands and all these different artists that they create in different perspectives, different yep. environments. And if you're able to create outside of that environment, then you are a true artist, I feel. Like, if you're able to create outside of, like, where you feel comfortable, I feel like that makes you a true artist. Uh, I'm not going to – I'm going to disagree there and say that I don't think where you come from necessarily – just because you have to be in your space to create doesn't mean you're not a true artist. You're just a different kind of artist. Um, I with that. Think, of, think about famous writers. And remember the, the movie um, Jack Black, uh, Ocean County or Orange County, uh, where like the kid learns that um, to be a, a great writer, he doesn't have to go away to a fancy college. Mm-hmm. He just has to allow his life. He has to accept his life around him and where he's from. And that he has to realize that's his inspiration. That's where his his creativity came from and where it's going to grow. And, you know, I do think that getting out of that zone, if you can, is good. But just because you're, you create from a, a one area doesn't mean you're not a great artist. No, for sure. Yeah. I, would, you know. I would say that the ability to recognize Maybe that's different between well, elite, elite, yeah. A master, a master of artistry. Yep, you know yep. what I mean? Like, um, yeah. Some people maybe remember Inspire don't, or don't have uh, the, the, the history or the, the life experience to do those kind of things. Or there's confidence sure. that is involved. So sure. as a musician, like, you could go into your practice room and fucking jam out spot on every time. Because right, nobody's going to see you. But the minute you get in front of a crowd, right? there's nerves, there's uh, thinking involved and angst, there's anxiety angst and yeah anxiety like, so there's so much that goes on there, you have to have a love to entertain some people are you know are, are born with just the ability to, to naturally create naturally create and other people get to there a different way like i know personally whenever i sit down with my guitar and i think okay i'm gonna write something what i do is nothing like I'll sit there and yeah. I'll try to I'll try to write something yeah. and I will come up with a few things, but it, it never comes into a to a song. But when I would listen, and this is the dream intended, right? I would listen to you sing lyrics, mm-hmm. or, or Jake would play something on his guitar. Mm-hmm. Inspiration. Then, then I would hear what I wanted to do in my head, and then I have to sit down with my guitar and find it, which is a fucking uh, process. Oh, yeah. But 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 that's how I was able to contribute to the music we were making. But if you would have, if you and I were to sit down and say. And, and say write something so I can write some lyrics. <laughs> That's it. Was yeah, happen. yeah. Now, with that being said, I actually found "So Let It Go" the other day. Mm-hmm. We have a recording of like this song when we first started, like Dream Intended. That was Kurt. Yeah, and you got like you got to think like some musicians just need other 
creative minds. Like, well, I brought up, I brought up Motion City Soundtrack during one of the breaks, right? Like, Motion City Soundtrack broke up, and Justin Pierre, like, started his own solo project, right? And it sounded like Motion City Soundtrack without a more Moog synth- synthesizer, drummer right? Moog. Drummer for Moog. MCS was fucking sick, so we're missing that. Too, right? Uh, right. Outside of that, there's a Right. So you can actually critique the style of what the music is. You know what I mean? Like, so, okay. So with that being said, and with this entire podcast, let's, let's go ahead and bring in some final thoughts. Here. Wait, wait, before we go do ahead, that, let ahead, me add something to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're talking um, about gifts. Uh, different people have different gifts. Absolutely. I'll bet you that those stars that the, like, let's say, let's pick Millie Vanilli right they can sing and they can mm-hmm. perform mm-hmm. they couldn't even sing all right they could perform yeah, i'm glad that you actually brought them up because that's where the, where the final thought is going so so or or let's look at like um just the concept of having the front person beautiful <laughs> great voice singing the ghostwriter song mm-hmm. somebody who can write music but can't perform it well correct like you know i can write music but i can't sing very well you know um so like that's all I did was yell at the well, and I'm glad that but but, not, but but that's my thing is like yeah there are people like those singers might actually just want to be able to write beautiful music and they can't and they can't and that pisses them the up out you know yeah and and so you can swear Mark it's our podcast fuck. yeah you can say fuck you don't have to say f and that's uh, exactly that's exactly not the interject. No, no, you're good. Interject, that's exactly interject. where interject. my final thought was going. <clears throat> when I was so with my final thought, right, and my question to you guys is going to be the same thing. What band let you down the absolute most seeing them live? For me personally, I remember being like. 13, 12, somewhere in that age range. No, I had to have been 12. And we were going to see Mephiscopheles at Club Laga in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's how long ago this was. And I remember like my parents being like, all right, I guess you can join like a, a what band, a ska band? Like, I don't know what that is, but you're playing trumpet and we paid for it. So good for you. Like, go <laughs> fucking do it. Like, and I, I went to go see Mephiscopheles and I was 12 at the time. And I just remember hearing the CD and being like, oh my God, these guys are amazing. The Pilfers opened up for Mephiscopheles. It was, it was the Pilfers, uh, Mephiscopheles, and uh, there was another band too. No, I, I can't remember. It was another like ska band. But I just remember like the Pilfers blew me the fuck away and I was an absolute fan from day one like when i saw them and then like i'm waiting for mephiscopheles to take the stage and they get up there and like i had been listening to their albums like nobody's business and like knew them front and back and they get up on stage and they were so terrible it blew my mind another band that did that was cursive like cursive i absolutely fucking love them like their album ugly organ i don't think there's anybody that can touch them but when I saw them live, I was like, this is super overproduced. And like, you guys can't produce like what you're recording. With that being said, final thoughts, a show that you have been to or an artist that you've seen that has left you 
kind of meh as opposed to the recordings and the albums that you fell in love with. Whoever would like to take the floor first. Please, Jeff. I'm not sure that I'm, I think that I've been lucky enough that I haven't really like you, you mean to tell me that you haven't like no, went been, to no there's been there's been good bands that I've been to. I've never been on to a show in Memphis. Uh, oh, wow. where it was just total, totally different. I've been to a lot of local shows like that. I was gonna say, like, like not right. even locally wise, you haven't <laughs> yeah, well oh, you know I've played it. First of all, yeah, that. Yeah. So, that's the first time I saw a system was a was a club lager. Really? That'd be good. Yeah, wow. System yeah. of a down a club lager? Yeah. Holy it shit. Like, it was like right when like sugar. Oh, oh my God. Early on. Oh, he was drunk. And then they stopped. Yes. Sorry, it's so See, that's cool, though. Yeah. You know, you play it off like it's a good story. <laughs> Remember that show we went to where System of Down forgot what song they were playing? Oh you know God. what I mean? Like, it's a good story. Yeah. Primarily because of the vocalist, like um, and I'm a terrible singer, but like oh, yeah. the hook, what's it feel like to be a ghost? You know, I mean, mm -hmm. he would sing it. You know, you, you want to hear the song, low, low listen to the song after music, Spotify, whatever. Yeah, but he would what's sing it. What's it feel like to be a ghost? Right. Yeah. He would sing it. What's it feel like? Like he was. Like I not. I don't know that he. Maybe, He was phoning it in, or just didn't really fucking care. Enough. And he was cool. He was he was putting on a show. He was talking to the crowd. It's like I'm not saying he wasn't putting effort there, mm -hmm. but like those little things like that. It wasn't just that song. That's just the biggest you know, example that I can give. Oh sure. That um that had me feeling that way. And it, but it was it was fine. But then like I said like I said before when we were talking, Coheed and Cambria came on and fucking blew them out of the water. He put them one, one of the greatest performances I, I've ever seen. Um, the circle back, which is why I put them in master metal, dude. Look at you. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, wouldn't given that, wouldn't you put them in master metal as well? Like, and, and that was the point that I was getting. At, <coughs> you know what I mean? Um, 
<laughs> Did you say final thought or thoughts? Final thoughts. Best, best okay. Best, best, best blown, blown away I've ever been. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you didn't ask this question. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I do. Um, <laughs> that would be a show I would love. Yeah. Mine was Marilyn Manson. I saw them. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I've seen them a number of times, but um, for the morning view tour, my friend Brian um, got to the show super early, Civic Arena, and ran to the front. <sighs> we weren't we weren't against the railing, but we were behind the people who were against the railing. Yeah, yeah. The morning view tour, the morning view show they put on changed my life. Not in any particular way, just in terms of setting the bar for a live performance. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, absolutely. The whole the whole show was great, but and. They, they, you know, they went off, they finished their show. And um, my favorite song, probably one of the most personally like meaningful songs to me in the world is a song called The Warmth by Incubus. It's, it's, it's an album oh track, never, yeah. never uh, you know, a single, but it's an album track. I, I think any yeah. fan of Incubus will know that song. So right? I like fungus and So I looked, I looked at <laughs> exactly. I looked yeah. at people, and it didn't even trigger me. I kind of want to be doing an encore, but it kind of, I didn't. We, right. we thought that we had found something special and that nobody else. Like, because, nobody knew the there was, no, there was no internet. You know, right. There was nobody. There, there was no message board. Right. 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 And they come, and they come on. Two songs from encore. Yeah. The warmth was the one that they started. With. Ah. That was our fucking. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then something that we didn't expect. <laughs> they bring out these Whoa. different instruments. Like they bring out this big, <laughs> the bass drum, the big flat with like the big guitar, mm -hmm. uh, and spread out some sitars, and they start playing Aqueous Transmission. Jesus Christ! The, um, the final song on Morning View. It sure is. Sure is. And, um, and the song itself is very atmospherically very beautiful. Yeah. And it, it, it ends it, with frogs. Chirping, right? Like, and, and the way they ended it live, and, and again, the drummer is just yep. The way they end as the song ended, uh, Brandon, the singer, was the first one to walk off. But each different uh, member of the band would stop playing their instrument, and they would leave while the rest of the people stopped. So, like, I think like oh, Brandon, yeah. mm. and then maybe the DJ, and then the guitar player, and then the bass player. And finally, the drummer was the last one to leave. And so, you know, here, this mm -hmm. concludes probably the most epic show that I had seen. And based on the reactions of those around me, everybody else felt the same way, too. Yeah. So right. we would expect massive applause, right? Right. But just the way this song is and the way that they perform that, and Holtz was there, if he's watching, he will, he will confirm this, is it was just dead fucking silence, but not out of disinterest yeah it was just complete in awe. trance yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and everybody's and nobody turned around nobody left the lights fucking came on before anybody <laughs> even turned around to go to go to the piss it was just like this ah uh, yeah that's a sign magical of moment a perfect a perfect moment that's exactly right and that's what that's what like as not to interject here but like as an artist, that's what you look to create is that perfect magical moment. You know what I mean? Like every yeah. time that you step foot on stage, you oh. look for that perfect magical moment. In five shows, through. you might have one moment 
where the band is spot on perfect and everything's proven mm-hmm. and that's what you play for right correct that's that feeling right. that you can't explain that like it's a high that you'll never yeah never understand it's amazing um so all right my final thoughts one i want to say that the best concert i've ever been to the one that changed my view of concerts was a, a marilyn manson the first marilyn manson show i ever went to the antichrist superstar tour and it was at the uh, civic arena Oh my God, the Civic Arena. Yeah, and it, um, so we're up in the stands and as I'm looking down, this was a spur of the moment show, like I didn't plan to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking down and they play the song Antichrist Superstar. And when you see, you know, the song's like, dun, dun, hey, dun, dun, hey, yep. dun, dun, hey. So I'm looking down on this arena of people and he's up on his podium. Sorry. And the song kicks in, and it's like, dun, dun. At that point, 30,000 fists just go in the air. Hey, dun, dun, hey. To watch that control over a group of people like this, it was so inspiring and so amazing. So that was my best concert. Worst concert, my favorite pie is cherry. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I really don't. I can't think of a point where anybody's really let me down going to a show minus a tbi show no I'm kidding <laughs> well, well, well. monday for life that's Woo! All, that's all no, I'm kidding. oh shit that's right uh no so like i would say probably the least so i go every year um in the summer except for this year they put on concerts in the park mm-hmm. south park right oh and yeah Every year they do a 90s band and I've gone to quite a few of them. We went to one with you actually. Did you come with us to the yeah. one? So we've it's, seen like Lit yeah. was good. Uh, we saw um, Tonic, was good. Tonic. Tonic, we watched Tonic. Yeah. Um, what was uh, Eve Six we saw? Yeah. Um, but there was another band we saw there. We were like the Rib Fest. Or something. Oh no, we Rib saw um, at the Rib Fest we saw uh, Oh, who's the guy that did um, Santa Monica? Uh, yeah, Everclear. Everclear. Yeah, we yeah, saw Everclear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but so this is different. This Probably is actually the, the three Christ. concerts that they do across the street. Okay. At the, um, they have a big like setup stage. Um, and uh, I have to be honest. So like, I'm I'm a big old school Eve Six fan. Ever since that mm-hmm. song, yeah. yeah and great. and you know, bass player being a singer and stuff, awesome. Uh, and I have to be honest, seeing them live was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, oh, this is, no, they still suck. Yeah. You know, and a lot of those bands are using that show as one of their warm-ups to go on a big tour. Right. So, like, I saw Lit before they were going on a big, dude, that was a great show. Right. Great show. I've seen you six twice. The first time I saw you was Oh, that would have been great. Hey, are we asking my brothers? They've yeah, seen the same band yeah. somehow. I don't know. But, yeah, I saw I saw E six on the twenty five year anniversary of their first album. Yeah. But they were fucking good. I thought they were good. So the show was good, but maybe not what I expected. But like the, musically, they sounded good. They weren't as but good. As I was looking I for like a jumpy, like nineties all punk band kind of feel to the right. show and i didn't get that i got a bunch of old dudes sitting around like yeah all right it's something to do for a friday night i was about to say like do you remember like and this is a total segue but do you remember whenever we opened for wings like we just excuse me teenage dirtbag baby and that's dude they that is a prime example of a band that knows 
that they have are a one hit wonder. And oh yeah, they like have a good time it. with it. Yeah, like they're huge in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's just it. We were like, we were so thrilled to open for Weedus. We were like, oh my god, this is gonna be like such a huge show for us. And meanwhile, Weedus is like playing the VFW in like fucking like oh, nowhere. Yeah. You know, and like you know what I'm saying? Like they're like, but they like, don't give a shit. They fucking blew me away. I don't yeah. Remember this. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. No, go ahead. Yeah, please. They had singers from yeah, like, Australian back, female backup singers yeah. who were hot, but super hot because they were singers. Right? Yeah, 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 right. Good looking girls, but because they were singing with us, like way more attractive. Way more attractive. Right? Yeah. But he just said, screw it, played his acoustic guitar, and with those two, and those two sang, and he sang. Mm-hmm. They, yes. They did Teenage Dirtbag, One of the Gangster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the fuck out of that song now, and it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And I remember being grateful. That the power went out, right. so that I could, that we, I could experience that because that impressed me far more yeah. than them playing, you know, spot on to spot a song to in a, a big show that I'd heard on the radio. Yeah, right. so I saw them. I saw them, Weedus and Zebrahead at Laga on a free low dough show. Remember the X did low dough shows? It was a free show there. It was awesome. Yeah. Nine and a couple other bands. Yep, yep. I saw, I saw Zebra open for Real Big Fish in Oh, that'd be good too. Love Laga, probably my favorite venue in Pittsburgh at one point. So, when we talk about this, right, and we're talking about like local musicians, we're talking about bands that like came from nowhere. So, the way that the, like the record labels work, and we've talked about this before, is you have these, these major labels like somebody doesn't just come to a show and go, like, Oh, I'm going to sign you to a label. Like, what does that mean? Like getting signed to a label, like right. That'd be like somebody showing up in this basement, going, "I want to sign you to a podcast label." Right, like it's. We'd be like, "Who the fuck are you, and why are you here?" I give it. (laughs) 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 What I'm saying is that everything is constantly changing. Like with the evolution of the internet, right? We immediately changed from being like, "Okay, we have to have like tapes and we have to have CDs," to we have to be able to stream our media, right? And like that's the point where we're at right now. Like when an album drops, you better be ready for that to be streaming and fuck the hard copies because nobody. Album is basically. All right. With that being said, <laughs> final right thought: now. What was the last CD you bought? Purchased. Purchased. What was the last CD you purchased? Ace of Base. No wait, that was the first one. <laughs> I was about to say if that was the last one, you gotta return that shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the last one I Okay. I don't think God had anything to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) One that he was torn for support, and you saw him. It was the spade. Blue twelve. Oh, the spade. Um, me. Yeah. Last <laughs> Excuse me. And the, the only reason Peace I bought street. that was because I wanted to support him. Right. I mean, no, I didn't. Napster. Can't what? LimeWire. What? <laughs> Torrents. 
I'm <laughs> <me> too. <laughs> because this is a new thing. This is VPNs. That's what we're getting for. That's that's like wearing a face mask when you're around the public. It is. You're autonomous. So, I, it's so funny going into the bank with a face mask on now. Uh, <laughs> I'm expecting to get tackled. Yeah, right? right, right, right. But I walk past cops going into the bank with a face mask on and sunglasses. Uh, so, like, this is the new norm. Last album I paid for CD would have been. I can't even remember. I keep thinking about it, but like just as you, while you're thinking about it, everyone's bringing. Do you remember how what a big deal it was to look at the Best Buy ads? Yeah, yeah, and see absolutely. what CDs and, were coming out and stuff. Right? Yeah, and we're dropping. And usually, unless it was like something very, very I know what it was. Yeah. I know, I know what the last CD, physical CD, I ever bought was. What was it? It was Alabama Shakes. Um, What's it called? Lights and Sounds, I think, is their first album. Sure. Wow. And uh, and uh, I remember this because I went to Best Buy, and there's like one row of CDs now, right? And I'm like, oh, obviously they're not there. They weren't super well known, but they were well enough that I knew they would have the album. So I was like, I asked the guy for it. He's like, there might be one in the back. I'd have to go look. I was like, would you like? I actually want to buy an album, please. Right. I'd like to purchase you know. This. And the guy's like, all right, I'll go look for five minutes. And I was like, that's fair enough. Five minutes is fine. Right, he's like, well, who puts a time right, on right, the fucking right. like, looking time? I mean, who knows how big their stock room is? That's a fucking retarded. <laughs> but I said, fair enough. Right, right. He came back in four and a half minutes with the album. Because he's, he's like, it well, says right. there's one here. So that's why he said, I'll give him five minutes. And I was yeah. like, okay. And he came back with it. And I listened to the album. And I got to be honest, the two songs I knew were the only two good songs on the album. I hate that. <laughs> Oh, the one we sold out? That's the only time we ever made actual good money. I didn't know we had albums for sale. I didn't know we had an album. Can you send that to me? <laughs> Martha's in the band and doesn't even have a copy of his own. You know, I'm so bad with the lyrics. That I, mean, I was in the band and played the songs thousands of times, and I don't know the lyrics to any no, of them. But but realistically, though, do you know the bass notes to them? Uh, nope. You don't remember the bass notes that no. you wrote? So I am naturally not a, a musician. Like, my art form is not sound. That's my true. natural art form is visual. I'm very good with balance, color, um, value, and stuff. Mm -hmm. I am not naturally a musician. I'm tone deaf when it comes to singing. And, like, you could play a note. I couldn't tell you what the fuck it was. I can't read music. I just know how to play the guitar, the bass. I know how to I know how to play it well enough that like you tell me here's what we're doing and I could run with it. Like a 035035. Yeah, 035035, and then I'll be like 035-5759. You know, like I know how to run, I know how to embellish. I'm more of a performer than a musician. I'm better on stage and making it look good than I am actually playing the music. And that's how, like, I'm, I'm a visual artist more than anything. I always have been. You know what? Music is not my strong point. In my, final thought. In my final thoughts here, I did a music video for Drop Monday years ago, if you remember correctly. Fucking right. Uh, that was my favorite. I look so song. cool. <laughs> <laughs> for their song, Over You. Uh, and, yeah, oh, dude, it was shot down at Ralph's. And it was. This, 
this will just like show you like what we went through like so okay so we were shooting a music video for i was in film school at the time and i was shooting a music video for a class project and i was like well fuck it like i don't have to get the licensing rights like i know brandon and i know mark and i know all the dudes in the band like they're fucking friends of mine like they'll let me do this we wind up making this music video and like I cast my cousin in it. I cast like all kinds of people in it. And like this is like my like real There's first. a dude in this video that nobody else knows. He just happened to be in the video yeah. that I've known for years. Who's that? that? Scuba Steve. Oh my Remember god. Remember the scene yep. Yep. where yep. Uh, you are hundred percent correct. She comes in and it pans yeah, into Miranda. It was a Duke. There's yeah. a dude chilling yep. in the background yep. who's that like part Scuba of it. Steve. It's yes. Scuba. You know yes. Scuba Steve? I do know Scuba Steve. I know Scuba Steve. Steve. Yeah. How did, wow. All right. That's something we'll talk about later. Yeah. That's Yeah. It is. Yeah, that is true. Actually, your chin is <laughs> the Butch Walker album. Yep, yep, yep. And that's that's where we'll leave it today. The music industry, like, so hey. I made. If you want to look it up, you can't. It's on YouTube. But I oh, I'm, check it out. I wound up making this whole music video, and like Jeff was there. Jeff helped me as well, and like you know, you you build this imagery or based upon the song that you're hearing. And the reason that I bring this up is because we're all talking about the experiences that we've had at shows, right? And like why musicians are artists in that aspect, right? Like just anybody can create a song, right? Like anybody can make music just putting samples together and using other people's art forms. But to truly create and cultivate an art and being able to transcend that across genres and across things, that's where I think we, we really hit like a different point. And that's why I think artistry comes into play. When, when you can say that you're an artist as opposed to just like, I'm a musician, I'm a drawer, I'm an inker, I'm a, and that's a famous reference to a great film as well. Like, oh, you're just an inker. You know what I mean? Like, uh, what was it, Chasing Amy? I was going to say, Kevin it has Smith. to be Chasing Amy. Yeah. yeah, Kevin Smith, man. Like, an amazing film. Like, hey, I'll tell you what, inking is hard as fuck. You look at his, Perfect. You look at his, like, transition from Clerks to Mallrats to Chasing Amy, and, like, he's another artist that, like, just is able to transcend different genres of film. We're talking Kevin Smith? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, dude, what about fucking Dogma? That, dude, there's tons of Kevin Oh, Smith Dogma's my it. favorite. But he also has comic book men as well. Yep, yep. They establish, you know, and but he's done other movies that aren't even in that line. Absolutely. I mean, he's a That's, great actor. Yeah. I love and, and producer. Just, just a very creative mind. I've made it a point not to listen to podcasts that teach you anything. So that's why we started this. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't got to learn shit. But we're funny. And if we're not, fuck you too. Uh, yeah, okay. We're not cutting shit, so say what you want to say. That's what, no. We're, you buttoned it up very nicely. That's because I'm no, I would have Weeks ago, whenever we first talked about me coming on, uh, mm -hmm. I asked, you know, what should I prepare to talk about? And how much you stupid fucking question that was. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, you, know, you, said you can't so, prepare. Old times, like, you know, like, old things to do. Our times are down there. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I expected this to come up. And now I really <laughs> anything to come up. I believe that. 
I thought of segue memories that I have, right? And I came, I came up with three solid memories of performing that I have. And I would like to hear what yours are. Mm-hmm. I have three, right? And again, I have lots of memories of performing, you know, looking out at the crowd. And like, I remember almost every show, not, maybe not every show with excuses or every show with the most, right. because we did those a lot. But I, I remember, <coughs> sure. there are three times that I really remember like, whether I was doing it on purpose or not, actually one time I was for sure doing it is I remember very clearly like a scene or, or a, you know, a mental picture that's still very clear in my mind. Mm-hmm. The first is um, we were playing in Station Square. The only time we ever played this place, I don't think, no, no, Station Square, the Strip District. I think the only, first time we ever played this place, probably the only time we ever played it. I, don't think this, I think this place has probably changed names 15 times since then. I think it was called Bar 11. I don't remember. No, that's mm-hmm. the South Side. Okay, so that, that wasn't it. <laughs> It's not bar 11. Donzie's in the strip. You mean on the actual river? It was on the strip. I, uh, all I remember is the windows were open. Mm-hmm. It was the, the last show we played before Jake joined the band permanently, but he came on and did like two songs with us. One of them was My Name is Jonas. Mm-hmm. But what I remember, the reason I remember this is because there was like this railing around the stage that no, none of us talked about. But we all did on our own. We all stood on this railing. And it wasn't like, we weren't, we weren't being like gymnastics, but it was no bigger than eight inches wide, probably yeah. less. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I remember having this pedal board. I just said, the hell with pedal board. It's down there. I, and we all stood up on this railing mm-hmm. for the entire show. And usually we would jump around a little bit. This time it was more just straight corn slip knot. Right. Bowing back and forth. But man, that was fun. Yeah. It was just, I, I just remember that very, very different feeling. I remember standing, us all standing up there and, and somehow none of us fell. None of us fucked up too, too terribly. Yep. But, that, but I remember that one. Second one I remember, Smalls yep. was always a great place to perform, right? Wow. Mr. Smalls was always amazing. Loved yeah. it, yep. yeah. So was Mine's Pe- from there. So was Pepsi at the theater, so was Hard Rock. I had great mm-hmm. memories of there. Love the Hard Rock. But not in the same way that I'm describing. So we played, one time we played at Smalls, I don't remember who we played with, but it was in the time leading up to uh, the most recent Steelers Super Bowl win when we beat. Um, oh my God, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, who did we beat? It was, oh, we beat the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Greatest Cardinals, yep. football game of all time, by the way. Um, uh, Arguably. I don't, I don't think it was, I think it was a Saturday. I don't remember if it was a Saturday before the Super Bowl, Saturday between, Saturday before the AFC Championship game. But again, we didn't talk about this, but we all showed up in Steelers jerseys. Absolutely. Yes. Because we're Pittsburgh. Why that's not? That's what yeah. you can do. That's what you do. And we all had, Terrible pals. Mm-hmm. And this particular, this memory specifically is, we you know we all we closed as we did with um, first aid heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And Correct. I remember the crowd was feeling it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And we were just making noise with our guitar and mm-hmm. convincing people to keep making noise because it's you know fun. And I remember grabbing the terrible towel out of your jeans. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't know where mine went, and, and spinning it around, and, and and just that moment of had the, the combination of us playing an awesome show at an awesome venue, mm-hmm. uh, with the excitement of the Steelers and everything like that. Right. I remember that clearly. We had the same fucking thing go on with um, a show at the Hard Rock before mm-hmm. the Super Bowl before that when we beat the Seahawks. Right. Uh, I was before the AFC game, and I sang Timmy. Yeah. But I sang it using like Bill Cower and Jerome Bettis and all these mm-hmm. instead. And the crowd was fucking screaming. It was almost packed. I mean, it was, it was, yeah, okay. So, yeah. 
same idea. I know the energy. Right. So, and the last one, and this is probably this is like if if what they say is true about like you know your life flashing before your eyes, I really sure. think this is like the one that is the last one that, that I remember before I close my eyes forever. Mm -hmm. And this is Stalling Moose at our album release party for Break Out with the Movie. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and I remember that whole show was fantastic. We played our album from beginning to end, which is yeah. very different order than our typical set list was. Correct. Correct. And then we, the last song on the album, the last song we played was Blindfolds Off, which mm -hmm. is just me and you. Yes. Right. Um, yes. And never performed that song live because nope. it was an acoustic song on the album. Yep. But the song itself is not a difficult song to play. And it's obviously not a heavy song, so I'm not jumping around. Uh, so I remember, and, I re and like I said, when we started talking about this, is, this is the one time that I know for sure that I made it a point mm -hmm. to make this memory. And I'm so glad that I did. Because you, I had walked up and, you, and I think we were either leaning back against each other or you had your arm around me when I'm playing. And we're playing this song. And I, I remember this was the time that I really looked out to remember. Not, it, and the smiling moose was fucking packed to the brim. Yeah. I, I remember seeing our friends all over the place, our friends and people that have been coming to shows. Yep. And I remember looking all the way to the back, packed to the brim. And I remember mm -hmm. seeing the doorman who Pete. was up, Pete, mm -hmm. who was there, always there. He was every eye facing forward. Mm -hmm. And I remember the door being open. Yep. And I remember seeing people that I knew and other people that I didn't know on the street looking through the window because oh, yeah. they couldn't come in because mm -hmm. it was so packed. Um, that was creating a moment. And that was, yeah. that was exactly creating a moment and I will never forget it. I treasure it just as much as I can possibly treasure a memory. And then obviously we finished that song and we, we did two new songs as, a, as an encore. And just that, that show in general was incredible with that moment, especially. We had one of those at Nick's Fat City and I actually have a picture of like from behind me going out to the crowd, just showing like people on that balcony and everything and just, it was really great. So my, Last thing, we're going to have to end this fucker. Otherwise, I'm not going to have enough time in the day to actually process this yeah. thing. But um, the last, like the greatest moment we ever had at a live show, I think, at Drop Monday was we're playing at Mr. Smalls and we had this new band contact us to open for us. And we were like, yeah, fuck it, meet us down there. We'll play a show, uh, you know. And all, or before the show, like before we even met this band, there's all these like young kids showing up. Well, there was this like, middle school slash early high school band shows up shake our hand they're the opening band and we're like all right whatever cool you know mm -hmm. find out it's their first show there's like a hundred fucking 13 year olds in this in the crowd right high school kids through crowds man oh, oh dude so much i was outside was incredible so, much. so like they're behind like they're by, they're backstage we're in the green room drinking and stuff you know they're like between the green room and the stage because they couldn't come back and so we all go out and like they're nervous they're sweating you know you could tell they're like pacing so we all kind of took a, a, a kid and we just kind of coached them into it we we're like you know go out there have a great time these people are here to see you you know they want to see you go and show them you know and uh, i'll tell you what these kids played a pretty fucking good show it was really incredible we were on the side we're coaching them cheering for them you know they'd look over at us we'd give them a good like in the air like yeah you know and they rocked out one kid did fall off the stage into the pit between awesome. yeah it was great Fantastic. it was great he got up he got back on stage kept playing you know it was great but um 
I'll tell you what, that was the moment where it was like, this is what it's about. It's about sharing like the craft. It wasn't about getting fucked up or whatever at the time, you know. We really got to teach we got to give these kids the advice, the ability to experience a yeah. great night for them. You were part of that. I, if those kids thought that they got laid at their age, but like, if they were any older, they would have gotten laid. They probably got second, kids. Second, 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 they probably, yeah, I'll bet they touched boobies for sure, for sure. Those kids rocked it that night. They had a great show. You could tell, like, from the beginning of the first song to the end of the first song, they changed who they were. Their balls dropped a little bit lower, you know. Like, they might talk about the same experience. Yeah. Remember those guys coached us, you know. And that's meanwhile we're just a bunch of drunk stoned idiots. Like, hey, you get out there, have a good time. Those girls are gonna want to be with you. Realistically, when you think about how other teams. Oh yeah. I'm gonna, circle, I'm gonna circle right on back to Machine Gun Kelly to MGK hey. and this podcast, right? You brought up when the first time you were introduced to MGK was when you started a booth with Eminem, right? Right. So we have an old head like Eminem who is proud and proven, who is merely getting into a uh, altercation via artistry to do nothing more than cross promote their brand the my paintbrush is bigger than your paintbrush exactly that's exactly what it is like, <laughs> and they just i mean nobody talks about it it wasn't <laughs> they just both shot off shots and both albums like both singles were rock knocked out of the park like uh, but this is the way that you said like an old head giving advice to a new head everything changes music is currently evolving as we speak so it's always evolving and changing but music is always going to stay the same. We always still have like the same three chords. And my point being is that again, artistry comes into it. If you can you transcend drum, if you can transcend genres, I consider you an artist. You can't change what the ears and the mind find appealing. Mm-hmm. You can only change how you create that. Correct. Mm-hmm. Boom. Correct. Fuck y'all. With that being loud said, dispatch out. loud dispatch, Jeff, the magic world. Thank you. Thank you, magic. Thanks for being on, man. Magic world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, loud dispatch. Take a 